Microphone check one two. Microphone check one two. Get that reasonably close to you. Cool, like that. Yeah, I think that should be good. All right. Hi. Hello. Uh, it's a really nice day, and I thought, uh, what better way to spend the nice day than uh, inside our little studio here, hiding away from the sun, with the air conditioner turned off. With the air conditioner turned off. So on our last episode. We had Robin LeBlanc and Jordan St. John, correct? Authors of the Ontario Craft Beer Guide. That's correct. So uh, I had to uh, take a little bit of an axe to that stuff. And uh, we've got a little bit of footage left over that I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, let's just take a listen and see what we got. Okay. And Ontario never really had an identity of its own in brewing. I mean, we had the Reinheitsgebot as an influence, and we had Camera from England, the campaign for real ale as an influence right at the beginning of craft brewing in the province in 84. And, you know, we're magpies over here. We just borrow good ideas from everywhere else. So for me, the pride is to see that we can have a good one of everything. Uh, I like the idea that, you know, Ontario can be kind of master of all styles eventually. And actually, yeah, we've been definitely seeing that in the past couple of years. I mean, um, this scene has exploded so much. I mean, it's it's a far cry from what it was five years ago, let alone ten years ago. Um, you know, when uh, the Ontario Craft Beer Guide probably would have just been a pamphlet. And uh, coming to the review portion, um, I don't consider myself to have a very refined palate. I, I know what I like, but uh, I, I can't even begin to describe a, <laughs> describe a beer in tasting notes. Uh, how does one get into that? And, you know, how to... How do, that's a skill that... How do you come about it? Um, a lot of research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lo- yeah, a lot of, a lot of field research. Um, a lot of people have different ways of just sort of like developing their palate. Uh, for me, it was just like extensive tasting, tasting with other people to sort of like create a bit of a consensus of like, hey, what are we tasting here? Um, I also like just, you know, looking at other reviews uh, of the beers as well, just while trying the beer and sort of figuring out if I can pick out some of those flavors and if I could pick out anything different and also just trying the raw ingredients, you know, so with, uh, with beers that might have a, you know, flavor of say mango, uh, eat some mango and then have a beer that's described to have some mango in it, you know? I actually teach at George Brown college at the moment, teaching beer appreciation and we got to week four um, of the last course, and I had a guy in the class come up to me and say, I don't think I have a palate. I said, well, that that's ridiculous. Everybody has a palate. The problem is, if you if you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about how you're perceiving flavor and aroma, it can be really difficult. Like, I tend to give them homework, usually on a slide that says, absolutely no extra credit, but a good idea nonetheless. Um, and it'll be like, it is late May, go outside at dusk and walk around and smell flowers because that's the best time to do that. And if you didn't take the opportunity to think that you were doing it, you might just go for a walk and not notice all this stuff. It's very much about being mindful. Um, So if you've got the St. Lawrence Market, for instance, at your disposal, you can go and taste a huge variety of grains. They've got all of the spices in the world, basically any kind of fresh fruit you could want. Uh, all of that's really important, but it does take a huge amount of time in order to develop that. I didn't get good until year five. Yeah, I didn't get good till a few years as well. And, um, I mean, it's similar to how one might approach, you know, enjoying food, you know, uh, it's, it's just a combination of flavors and you just have to sort of learn how to, um, 
each one out, you know, very much like food. And uh, yeah. So here we go. Mm-hmm. We're doing homework today, Glenn. Okay. We're doing homework, the <laughs> best kind of homework that you, that you can think of. I thought, you know, it would be nice to, you know, maybe maybe drink some beer. Mm-hmm. They mentioned eating paired foods and stuff like that. I didn't do that. I thought, let's just get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's, uh, let's see what we can do. Let's, uh, let's just move on to uh, another little, uh, little bit right here. Okay. No, it, it's true. I mean, we, we go through uh, styles from other places very quickly. I think we're in the middle of, what, fruit-flavored milkshake IPAs? I just enjoyed a cucumber uh, something or other. Cucumber <laughs> and lime gosa from uh, Nickelbrook. <laughs> yeah. I, I've tried that out on people, and the variation in response is just amazing. Uh, they, they love it. They hate it. There was one uh, cider drinker who thought it was the best thing he'd had this summer, mm-hmm. and then one lady who really likes cucumber who hated it. I love the face that people pull when they really don't like a beer. Um, sorry, getting back to the... So guess what I found? What'd you find? I got us a cucumber lime goza from okay. Nickelbrook. Perfect. So you can watch my face while I drink this. Okay. I've, ne- I've never had this. Because I have had it and I do like it. It's yeah. strange, yeah. but it's, it's tasty. Okay. All right, sir. Down the hatch. Yeah, cheers. Mm. You're not making a face. No, I, I, I like that, actually. Um... I've been getting more into the sours myself, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is pretty pleasant. Like, you get a lot of that cucumbery scent on, on, the, uh, on the inhale. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what Nickelbrook says about this beer themselves. A sour beer with fresh cucumber and lime juice with a hint of sea salt. Sounds insane, right? Nope. This thirst-quenching goza uh, is a perfect balance between tart, refreshing, and citrus flavors. Named for the Roman goddess of agriculture and crops, Ceres, <laughs> is our tribute to the importance of fresh natural ingredients, wheat, barley, cucumbers, and lime. Well, I definitely, I get that cucumber, I get that lime. Can you pick out any kind of saltiness to it? Let me see. This is like next level stuff. So that's that, um, and I think I think there's a little bit more talk of um, some various styles of beer that uh, maybe we can get into a little bit. Okay, let's take a listen. And uh, finally, uh, you know, for for our summer listeners who are probably uh, reaching for a beer right now, uh, are, are there Ontario trends this this summer that are coming out? We spoke about uh, the cucumber goes. Uh, are, is, uh, do these things come in waves? Is is there a taste of the summer that everyone's kind of uh, working towards? Uh, well, I think we're going a lot towards um, grisettes are actually starting to be on the rise right now. Uh, really, just sort of like light crisp beer. Uh, also, uh, kettle sours. Uh, Talk about yeah, um, kettle sours are, it's kind of a weird trend. They were threatening for years to make sour beer a thing in Ontario. And when I say threatening, I mean it because they weren't very good initially. There were a group of brewers who took uh, a batch of wort down to a vineyard in Niagara and allowed wild yeast to ferment it. And I think that's still in barrels somewhere. I haven't tried the end result yet. I'm not holding out a lot of hope. Um, basically, if you've got... Um, like a Belgian-style beer, you're using Bretonomyces, which is like a wild yeast from the Brussels River Valley. 
um, I forget which river Brussels is on, but um, there, there's also lactobacillus in it, which is like the bacteria that yogurt uh, is fermented with. So they've just refined the technique so that you're using lactobacillus in order to lower the pH of the beer, creating like a tart, acidic kind of flavor and a, sort of a sharp mouthfeel. It's uh, quite interesting because you can flavor it with different kinds of fruit and you get a very refreshing sort of light, crisp, summery beer. Also Vermont IPAs. Um, so Vermont IPAs are a really uh, special kind of IPA, um, primarily using a, a strain of yeast called Conan. Um, and the overall appearance is that of literally a glass of orange juice. Um, very turbid. You cannot see through the other side of the glass. Uh, and you get something that's overall very juicy. All right. So we got, they mentioned three different styles there. Mm-hmm. First one was a grisette. Mm-hmm. So never t- heard that word in my life. Uh, I looked around and um, there are, there might be some on tap somewhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only one that I could find in cans readily was something called Chill Winston, which is by Great Lakes Brewery. Okay. And I didn't manage to get all the way out to their uh, bottle shop, which is out in Etobicoke. Right. So sorry, we're going to have to pass on grisettes. But okay. next one is? Uh, kettle Sours. Yes, we got Kettle Sours. I stopped by on Ossington, mm-hmm. Bellwoods Brewery, and I got a bottle of Jelly King for us. And this is the Jelly King Strawberry Rhubarb. Okay. This is, this is what they say about Jelly King. This mixed fermentation ale is soured with a five-strain house blend of lactobacillus and heavy dry hopped with citra. The result is juicy, sour, and thirst quenching. I guess she was talking about mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. This has like a, a strange, almost, it makes your tongue feel dry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, the first thing that stands out to me. And I think the thing that surprised me when I first had a sour like this is uh, <laughs> uh, I was worried that I, I was that it had gone off. <laughs> I just, just didn't know that it was like by design. Yeah. I get sour. Mm-hmm. I get strawberry. I mean, it's really intense flavor. It tastes like beer to me, man. <laughs> it's all beer to me. It's all beer to me. So we've got, uh, I've got one last beer for us. Okay. And uh, I thought we'd go out with a bang. So... Vermont IPAs is where it's at. So I went over to the east side. I went to the Left Field Brewery, mm-hmm. and they have a beer called Laser Show. All right. They say, Laser Show is born from our love for the hazy tropical IPAs made in northeastern United States. And a particular New England All-Stars laser beam line drives. This double IPA is intensely hopped with Citra, Simcoe, Centennial, and Mosaic and fermented with a uniquely fruity yeast strain from Vermont. Laser Show overflows with flavors of tropical fruit, lychee, cantaloupe, and orange juice concentrate. It's a big, juicy beer with a soft mouthfeel and an easy finish. We'll see. All right, here we are. So it is a little cloudy. Very cloudy, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. 
Okay, I almost <clears throat> made a face. <laughs> you almost made a face. Yeah, I, it's very bracing. Yeah, the the mouth feel is like it's like dry. Okay, it, it almost feels like there's like powder in the beer. Mm-hmm. After yeah, after drinking the sours, like that that kind of bitter hoppiness really really uh, comes through. Where I'm like, oh yeah, that's 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 what we've been drinking for the last few years in the city. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming by. And, Thanks for uh, putting this together. Yeah, this is awesome. It was great to uh, drink some beer with you and to uh, learn a little bit about the Ontario craft beer industry. We walked the walk. We talked the talk. Yeah. Kind of. A bit. Hey, everyone. Thanks for giving this little experiment to listen. If you had a nice time with us, please feel free to share the podcast with your local hopheads, barflies, and designated drivers. When you have a spare moment, a pleasant review on iTunes would be super helpful. Stepping in for the melodious voice of Glenn Bowerman, I'm Neil Hinchley. If you're hanging out on SoundCloud, look me up at Track82. That's all spelled out. If you have any suggestions, compliments, insults, or anything else to tell us, shoot us a tweet at Spacing Radio. That's all one word. Or send Glenn an email at glennbowerman at spacing.ca. That's G-L-Y-N-B-O-W-E-R-M-A-N at spacing.ca. We'll be back at the end of the month with a regular episode. Until then, check out the website at spacing.ca. Or visit the city store at 401 Richmond Street West in Toronto. Until then, enjoy the sun and suds. Cheers. Yeah, I like the regular Jelly King, and I like this strawberry rhubarb variation because everyone knows that strawberry rhubarb is the best pie. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, no. Best pie. No, you're so wrong about What's that. What's the best pie? Well, I, I mean, I'm no, like, American sympathizer, but we all know apple No, wait, it's not even apple pie. It's pumpkin pie. Wine is good, mm-hmm. and it's made of grapes. Yeah. So why not beer wine? Hey, man. Wine beer? Wine beer. Yeah. No. <laughs> I had this conversation already. And you lost, right? Because pumpkin pie is the best pie. No, because pumpkin pie is seasonal. It's only for Thanksgiving and the, the winter holidays. And fruit is seasonal, too. I could eat a fruit pie any day. I but- don't, on a scorching summer day, want to sit down to a piece of pumpkin pie. <laughs> And I was just wondering if I could, you know, borrow a cup of milk. Because I'm making a strawberry rhubarb pie. That involves milk, right? You'll never convince me of this. Well, you're wrong because pumpkin pie is the best. Also, you can have whipped cream on it. So that's great. It's a million degrees outside. I don't want a pumpkin pie, like, anywhere near me. We could always just, like, pour beer into a wine glass and... Call it, call it a day. Yeah, that's it. Just wander into Lake Ontario, <laughs> never to be seen from again, <laughs> because we made a mistake. <laughs>